welcome to the Guiding Compass podcast. My name is Sandra Kushner, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I started this podcast to help bring awareness and education about mental health to the general public. Today, we will be talking about couples therapy and specifically working with couples who have a narcissistic partner in the dynamic. I have Ala Bronsberg with me here today. She is a licensed clinical social worker and also an adjunct professor at USC. I'm going to give Ala a moment to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about why she got into this type of work and about her practice. Thanks for joining us today, Ala. My pleasure. My name is Ala Brandsburg, and as Sandra introduced me, I'm a licensed clinical social worker with almost 20-year experience of working with individuals, couples, and families. I'm also an adjunct professor for the Master Degree Student Program at the USC, working with the future licensed clinical social workers, and I also have a full-time practice in Woodland Hills, Los Angeles, California. Couples represent a majority of my clientele, and I'm choosing to work with couples because I truly believe in relationship, and I believe in marriage. I've been married for over 38 years, and I believe that it's a constant work that needs to be done. And a lot of times, partners are not educated enough to deal with what they're witnessing. They don't have enough information to cope with personality disorders, and therefore they need to seek professional help. I'm very enthusiastic about working with couples. We are living in a very disposable society where breakup and divorce represent the answer to most of the questions, and I am not in agreement with that. I truly believe that with dedication and work, any couple may conquer the challenges that they meet on their way. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that introduction. Um, And I know some of our listeners here might be therapists, but other listeners may be potential clients or just people in the general public. So can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by personality disorders um, specifically and kind of, you know, help just talk a little bit about that? Personality disorders uh, is a group of clinical conditions which unlike diseases like major depressive disorder, schizophrenia, bipolar affective disorder, used to be considered secondary and not given enough attention to. After the revision of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Disorder, this gradation was removed and personality disorders or the problems of the character came into a new view. When somebody is suffering from a personality disorder, whether it's narcissistic personality disorder, avoidant personality disorder, dependent personality disorder, or borderline personality disorder, and there are more, they are at risk of not living happy, healthy, and functional life. Mm -hmm. And their partners will be carrying this load without even understanding what they're dealing with and how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. 
So my perspective as a therapist on personality disorders is unlike depression and anxiety, personality disorders tend to be something that the person is not aware of. So for instance, a narcissistic personality disorder, someone with that will not be aware of how they're contributing to the destructive relationships in their life. They tend to blame and project responsibility for dysfunction onto other people or onto situations. And it's very hard for them to recognize their part in that dynamic or in the situation. Whereas the other disorders, which are more mental health based, such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, those are disorders where people are aware, okay, I'm sleeping too much, I'm feeling hopeless, I am having negative self-talk. So personality disorders are harder to recognize, and they also tend to affect relationships a lot more. It's really, really hard to maintain a healthy relationship with someone that has one of these diagnoses. So today, we're going to specifically focus on narcissistic personality disorders and how that comes up in couples therapy and in relationships. So... You, you've worked with both a lot. You've worked with individuals that have a lot of traits of narcissistic personality and also with the couple dynamic where one partner may have those traits as well, from what I understand. That's correct, Sandra. And even though there are very few therapists who would choose to work with clients with a narcissistic personality disorder or any other personality disorders, it's a very gratifying work and it helps individuals and couples and families to restore the balance that they are lacking in their communication and daily interactions. Mm -hmm. So since we're focusing specifically on narcissism today, can you talk a little bit about some of the traits that someone or a partner with these this diagnosis might have and how that might come up in a relationship? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll talk in a simple lay language, mm -hmm. just for people uh, who are probably dealing with this condition, to being able to recognize the signs of the narcissism. It's very important to know that narcissism is not about intent to hurt the partner. It's an internal condition that was developed in response to the self-inflicted injury or injury to the ego received when the child was growing up. And therefore that injured ego was replaced with a fake false personality. In other words, the person with the narcissistic personality disorder is trying to be whom he or she dream of being but unfortunately it comes in a form of not caring, being self-involved, being opposed to any type of criticism whether it's constructive or not, of making everything about themselves and lacking empathy and compassion towards others feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, I think there's been a lot of talk right now in our culture about narcissism, just with things coming up in our political situation and, you know, people saying, like, our president is a narcissist and putting those labels on, um, you know, situations going on just in our culture. So what I really want to say and touch on and highlight is the fact that 
people do not choose to have this type of dynamic. It does develop from early childhood trauma where a person really has to create this, what you just said, this false sense of self in order to feel adequate and worthy because deep down beneath that grandiose sense of self, there's somebody that's extremely vulnerable and extremely scared and feels inadequate compared to others and so they create this persona of being better than or smarter than defensive lacking empathy and that's very hard to have a healthy relationship with someone that has those qualities so in your work with couples what have you seen when it comes to you know having a partner that has these traits and tell me a little bit about you know, why you got into working with that specifically? Well, I don't work with these personalities only, but uh, like I said, you meet these type of conditions all the time when working with individuals and couples. And it's interesting, Sandra, that you talk about society. We are a highly individualistic society and it's promoted in our society to be a highly achieved individualist. So the role of self is illuminated and a lot of times overrated. We're not really a commune society like many other cultures in the world. We are a society of people uh, that may be viewed everybody is to themselves. So in order to achieve success in this type of society, a lot of young people have to accept persona of, of being callous and insensitive in order to move up the corporate ladder. It helps a lot of times in the corporate world, but it becomes a huge barrier in personal life and especially in intimate relationship and romantic relationship. So like I said, the person who is uh, suffering from the narcissistic, narcissistic personality disorder or presents with the characteristics of narcissistic personality disorder, a lot of time present with callousness, insensitivity, inflated self-image, talking about what they need and what they want, interrupting conversations, imposing on other people's opinions and not accepting other people's opinions, becoming extremely angry and reactive when being criticized, and basically trying to literally and figuratively cut and the line without considering others' feelings. They may schedule an appointment and forget to tell the person they've scheduled it with that they're not coming. They may change any decision that was made previously. They are looking out for their own interests and not for the interests of the partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how do you see that you know, affecting their relationships. Because you see that from the other side, you know, when somebody's in a relationship with someone like this, it can feel very, very isolating and alone, especially if there's, you know, not really an education or awareness of what's actually going on. And, you know, I'm going to speak from personal experience because that's what I, I, as a therapist, feel like sometimes when you're just a human being and you've been through some stuff, 
that's when you can relate the most to people. And I've been in a relationship where there were narcissistic traits in my partner. And I did feel, you know, for many years, like I was going crazy and things were wrong. And I would be so confused because sometimes everything would be great and other people would see this really, you know, a successful, kind, nice person. And then at home it was different. And so can you speak a little bit about what it's like and what you see the impact is on relationships that come into your office? Where are the people when they come in that room? Because they must be in a very dark and lonely and scared place. They are. And it is a very isolating experience. It's embarrassing for the partners of the people who are suffering from the narcissistic personality disorder or have the traits of the disease. Embarrassing to talk about it with other people. They don't understand the clinical side of it. And so it seems just like a person with a very selfish character. And even though narcissists can and usually are representing themselves to the world with their best imagined side and behavior. Eventually they are discovered and uh, people outside of relationships start seeing the discrepancies in representation and the real person. It is much harder for the person who is in a relationship because there is no specific angle to look at it and it's too close to home. So it usually takes the partners of uh, people with narcissistic personality disorder or traits to recognize what is happening. And it, it's very scary and lonely. A lot of times people with narcissistic personality disorders or traits maybe talking only about themselves and are not interested in other people's opinions or conversations. They interrupt conversations to turn it back to themselves. As I already said, they break the rules and enjoy violating the rules because they feel omnipotent. And so they violate the boundaries in the relationships. Which can really leave the other person, I'm sure, feeling extremely powerless and isolated in that. Um, what I've seen, you know, with clients that, in my own work, that kind of have, you know, either left a narcissistic relationship and in my own personal experience, the partner ends up overcompensating often and like hiding the issues in their relationship in mm -hmm. order to make it seem like everything's okay because... Mm -hmm they love this person and they want to make the relationship work. And yet internally they also feel extremely powerless over, you know, some of the comments and things that happen within a relationship with a narcissist. Very true. And the narcissists uh, are a lot of times feeling that they're the gift to the world and everybody around them has to appreciate it. So they have the, pattern of exhibiting themselves as, as somebody who is knowledgeable, externally cultured, well-informed, does everything for other people, and is usually very upset that he or she are not appreciated enough. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as enough 
for the narcissist because it seemed to be an endless speed and no amount of adoration, appreciation on a, or agreement will satisfy narcissistic ego. Exactly. And another part of that in the relationship is the constant um, lack of responsibility and blame, mm -hmm. which I can imagine you've seen for the partner can be really difficult because it's very hard for someone with this personality disorder to take any sort of accountability for their actions. And they tend to deflect and blame others for everything and especially others that are the closest to them. So in your work, when a couple comes in and you have a partner who has these traits or characteristics or is diagnosed with this personality disorder, what are some of the things that you see coming into the room? What are some of the issues that kind of come up um, in their relationships? Well, first of all, I want to preclude it by saying that not every client or patient with a narcissistic personality disorder or traits will stay in treatment. Because treatment means correction, and correction represents criticism to the narcissists. Even though I prefer to call them people who are suffering from the narcissistic personality disorder, uh, because they didn't choose to be who they are. So I see a lot of entitlement when people with this condition often, often expect the preferential treatment to them and they feel that they deserve it, and when they're not given preferential treatment, they feel that they're really treated unfairly. They have grandiose personality a lot of times, and they think that um, they are special, and they deserve to be around special people, and only special people deserve to be around them. So it's a self-inflated ego, which really comes for the lack of self-esteem and, and injured person who were either ignored by their primary caregivers or suffered from some kind of a childhood trauma and who imagined themselves to be omnipotent and powerful and trained themselves to pay attention only to their own needs. So when you see that in the room with the partner, mm -hmm. the partner, I, I'm sure... Um, lots of listeners have heard the word codependency. Oftentimes you see a narcissistic person choosing a partner who is extremely empathetic and usually has some traits of codependence, which means a lack of sense of self and tends to people please and um, has a lot of compassion and empathy because that type of person is the perfect target for a narcissist's ego they are willing to do so much to keep that relationship afloat and going. And so what what happens, I guess, in the room when they come in, mm -hmm. usually it's the codependent person getting to the place where they can't do this anymore. They're tired of the battle with the narcissist and they're at their wit's end, which ironically is terrifying to the narcissist because if they lose that person, that will basically break that ego that they've portrayed to the world. That becomes their source of all validation. So at that point, they're willing usually to come into therapy if the relationship is being threatened. Either then or after multiple unsuccessful relationships where they recognize that they will be left by their partners again and again, and therefore they are willing to make certain changes in their behavior, but of course it's very hard 
because narcissists do not take any responsibilities for what is taking place. So their partners feel alone. And a lot of times they do feel like any codependent does. They are correcting all the negatives and they are maintaining status quo and constantly recalibrating the equilibrium of relationship trying to maintain some kind of stability because being in a relationship with a person with narcissistic personality disorder is very unstable very inconsistent and very confusing it almost like a gas lighting when the person is being led to believe that he or she are crazy or they are unable to do things that they're perfectly able to do when they're led to believe that they have to be eternally grateful to the person with narcissistic condition because nobody else will choose them and they have to admire and adore the narcissist otherwise they will be abandoned mm -hmm. so in instability in relationship is one of the main features and people with narcissistic personality disorders like any dependents are manipulators they manipulate relationship and they have a great skill to do it mm -hmm. once they see disagreement and resistance they may stop being interested in that relationship altogether so like I said, a lot of times people who are suffering from this disorder and are willing to do work, there are people who understand that it will repeat itself again and again and they will never find a stable relationship. Yeah, so they come in and they're at that point hopefully willing to do some work and change. Um, so what do you do with people like this? You know, they... they you know, I've worked with this disorder, I've experienced it in my own personal life, and it's something that is very, very difficult to work with. So as a therapist and as someone who obviously is passionate about relationships and helping people work through difficulties and hopefully staying together in their marriages, mm -hmm. how do you work with relationships like this? How do you encourage people to find some sort of hope and balance and build healthier communication and throw that power dynamic into something that is more balanced? Well, there are many ways to address this issue. And not only you will need to work with the couple as a unit, but also with each partner individually. You will do a self-esteem work with both partners, with a person with a narcissistic personality disorder and the codependent in a relationship, working on improving their self-worth and self-esteem, finding the way for the partners of the narcissist to diplomatically but very firmly say no and stick to that decision. Talking about changing the perception of where the balance should be, teaching the partners of the narcissist to deliver the consequences to all the behaviors that narcissists exhibit with uh, the with the clients or patients with narcissistic personality disorder it's a similar work getting to the root of the original trauma where the narcissistic personality disorder started to develop understanding that this is not their doing that they were exposed to circumstances in life that caused them 
to develop this condition besides it's maybe genetic or hereditary too and working with them in terms of cognitive behavioral therapy changing the thinking recognizing that other people are important sharing the power agreeing to work together with the partner taking turns and decision-making process recognizing and accepting the consequences of breaking the rules breaking the agreements and so a lot of times it's very rewarding and successful mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like there's a lot of boundary work there a lot of teaching both people number one the narcissist how to respect and you know uh, you know respect and understand other people's boundaries and have empathy and compassion for that and empathy is something do you think that empathy can be learned yes Actually, uh, we're teaching our students at the Master's in Social Work program at the University of Southern California that empathy is not an inherited trait. Empathy may be learned and expanded. Mm -hmm. The person may choose to learn to put himself or herself into the other person's shoes. In Greek and Latin, M comes from into and path from feelings. So being into inside somebody else's feelings, understand the pain of the other person is the work that needs to be done. And narcissists a lot of times, not only very charismatic, but also uh, very, very um, seductive. They want to impress people. They want to show their best sides or what they perceive as their best sides. So rarely do they have the luck of the partner. It's the, a long-term relationship with the person with narcissistic personality disorder or traits that may yield the knowledge of their real self. And sometimes there is not even real self. Everything is fake. Everything is faux. And so... It's much easier not only for the partners of the patients with narcissistic personality disorder, but for them themselves to just walk away from relationship because it requires a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the hardest part is people, you know, going through this in their own relationships and having this dynamic need to realize that it is going to take a lot of effort, not only on the narcissist's part, but on their part to keep boundaries, to know what their limits are, and to recognize that there might only be so much that this person can change. This is something that's inherent into who they are. And it's something, you know, reading books about it and learning more about it, a lot of them say it's something you have to, at a certain point, accept. There's only so much progress at a certain point that can be made. Absolutely. Progress can always be made, and there can be more of a shift towards a more healthy relationship. But at the same time, there will be relapses. There will be things that bring up this defensiveness and this grandiose ego. And that's something that the partner in that relationship, I'm sure, has to kind of grieve and accept and decide if they want to stay in something like that. That's very true, and they really need to make that decision. And it's very hard sometimes, especially when the couple has children. Mm -hmm. So breaking away from the father or the mother of your children is very difficult. But it's also very important to recognize that there are a lot of children who grow up 
not understanding why their mom or dad were always so self-involved and and emotionless and why every conversation was turned to their interests and was always about themselves or why their parents pushed them to be whom they didn't want to be because when the narcissist don't achieve something that they always were dreaming of achieving they push their children into the same path and they live through them vicariously. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what you've seen. Do people that come into your office and they're at that place where they're willing to work on their relationship, is it usually successful or not? Or does it vary? It varies. And actually the rate of success is not that great mm -hmm. uh, because it, it takes patience. And we are living in a very stressful world, so other stressors and triggers are introduced into a romantic relationship. Extended family, friends, colleagues, a lot of times refuse to tolerate the behavior of the narcissist, or they start advocating for their loved ones, and that causes a lot of stress in the couple. A lot of times there are no means or time to engage in a long enough therapeutic process that will help the, the clients, that will help uh, the couple to actually find the right decision for themselves. So I think that the first and most important element of the treatment is education. Understanding what narcissistic personality disorder is, understanding its origins and dynamics, understanding uh, that it's not designed to be harmful towards another person. It just is. Mm -hmm. And just a question about that. How does the narcissist tend to react? Like, do you talk about it in the room with them? Are they willing usually to hear out, you know, the education about this and what might be going on for them? Or are they resistant to that? Because that's I can imagine is very threatening and vulnerable for them to kind of face and admit. It is. And usually I talk about it in the individual session that I request mm -hmm. from each couple to have with me. And I'm using the tool that is very helpful. I just make a copy of either the symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Disorder, which is the Bible of the therapist, mm -hmm. or just give them the description of the disorder with its symptoms and behaviors. I cover the name of the disorder and I ask them to mark the features, behaviors and characteristics that they may relate to. Mm -hmm. And if they mark enough criteria and they only have to have five out of nine criteria for the narcissistic personality disorder i explain to them what they're looking at mm -hmm. and educate them on that it causes anger sometimes it depends on who i'm dealing with if i am a female therapist dealing with a male client it may also cause a lot of resentment because the male partner will feel that I am in the male in the female partner's corner. Mm -hmm. And so it depends on each and every individual case. But yes, I talk to them about it because without knowing what it is, we cannot move forward. Yeah. And in a way, even though it might be threatening and hard to hear, it also probably is relieving to finally have answers as to 
why maybe relationships are so mm-hmm. difficult and why you're not able to have really close friends and close intimacy with people. So there's kind of both sides to it. And I'm sure like the initial reaction is probably shock for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to kind of grasp and realize. Um, as far as the couples work, I know often narcissistic relationships tend to be pretty abusive so, and we're not allowed to work with, I, I don't know if the general public knows this, but clinicians cannot work with a couple that has domestic violence going on in their relationship. It's not recommended. Um, therapy can actually be detrimental if there's any sort of violence. So, um, yeah, that's, do you tend to separate? I mean, obviously you don't continue if you have that kind of situation, but is there violence that tends to come up? that later on as you've been working with a couple and you find out, okay, there's more going on here, that this person is emotionally or psychologically or physically also abusive towards the partner. Yes, absolutely. It's not that we're not allowed to work with them, but it's truly not recommended. And when there is an active domestic violence going on, it's hard to do any behavioral modification because our patients are in the middle of an active conflict. Unfortunately, as therapists, we cannot report domestic violence unless children are involved, and this may be considered child endangerment or neglect or emotional abuse of the child. But if we're dealing with two adults between 18 and 65 who are not minor or elderly or disabled, Domestic violence is not reportable. I'm a provider for the California Program of Victims of Domestic Violence through the district attorney office, and I work with a lot of couples with domestic violence. Um, I, I am referred to these type of couples, and so a lot of times domestic violence in the case of narcissistic personality disorder may occur as, as the consequence of the partner seeking help. Mm-hmm. So the narcissist feels threatened or like they're losing control of the relationship exactly. and they lash out with exactly. more abuse yes. or escalate the abuse to something more intense. Yes, they don't want to share power with anybody else. They want to have control over their partner and they will not tolerate any criticism, not only from their partner, but from a third party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so talking about this, so far we've heard like the difficulties, the challenges, and kind of like the barriers that need to be overcome working with these type of couples. My question for you is, is there hope? Have you seen success for, you know, couples that come in with this issue? Have there been people that have been able to maybe not fully recover, but at least find some sort of like love and rebuild healthier boundary between each other where one partner does have this diagnosis? Absolutely. I believe there is hope. I believe I'm a very optimistic person. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in my field. And I believe that hope is always there. When two people love each other, they need to try it all before they come to a conclusion that relationship needs to be broken. I believe that even if therapy will result 
in understanding that there is nothing that can be done. At least the partners of the people with the narcissistic personality disorder will leave the relationship with the feeling that they tried it all and they tried to mend the relationship but couldn't. But there's always hope and there is a progress, especially if narcissistic personality disorder is being addressed early. Mm -hmm. um, also, I guess, outside of the positive, what are resources for the other person in the relationship? Because I know there's often support groups, there's some self-help books on like having more boundaries, kind of creating a separate life outside of the relationship so that they don't feel so dependent on the narcissist. Yes. Some other recommendations. Yes, and uh, this is what I mean by educating the clients. We need to recommend to our clients to read appropriate literature, to connect with either virtual or live support groups of people in the same situation, involve specialists. A lot of times personality disorders, as I said earlier, go along with clinical disorders. So clinical disorders are, need to be treated as well. So if there is a depression or bipolar disorder present, these patients have to be treated medicinally. Mm -hmm. So evaluation with the psychiatrist is always the first thing that the therapist needs to recommend. It doesn't go well with a lot of people with narcissistic personality disorder because they consider themselves perfect. Mm -hmm. But if they are truly there to do the work, and a lot of times it's not on the voluntary basis, so it's not like they were mandated by court or child court, but a lot of times there's an ultimatum from a partner to either come to therapy or lose a relationship. So a lot of times I explain to my clients that while they're actually going ahead with that, they need to enjoy the benefits of spending the time and at least get educated about what is happening inside them mm -hmm. and wouldn't be a relief. Yeah, definitely. And for the partner, I'm sure, knowing that they're not crazy and that the blame, you know, isn't fully on them can be really freeing and really rebuild their own self-esteem. And that's why I think it's so important to have other resources such as friends, support groups, you know, yoga, just other things outside of the relationship with the narcissist where they're kind of rebuilding their own sense of self because that can be really easily lost in a relationship like this where it can be very one-sided and focused on one individual's needs more than the other. Absolutely. And, and also always, always being consistent in maintaining same boundaries and not wavering from it because it has to be consistent. If it's broken even once, then the person who is suffering from the narcissistic personality disorder will see the link in that chain and will try to break it. So consistency with behaviors, boundaries, consequences is paramount. And of course, support groups, support group of friends and family, support groups of professionals, 
and reading about it. It's all out there. We're living in the very educated times when everybody can read about the condition and without being self-therapists and self-diagnosing themselves, at least understand the origin of what is happening and not accepting personal responsibility for mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and just for listeners to know, I do have a blog post about narcissistic abuse on my website and also a PDF handout in that same post that you can download as a resource to learn more about this and maybe share with someone that might be going through this in their own lives. Um, as we wrap up, I want to ask a few last questions just to follow up with everything. What made you so passionate about working with couples? Because I know your practice is primarily couples. So what do you enjoy most about working with that dynamic? Love. It's just very beautiful to see how people do a lot of things for love, how they're willing to sacrifice their time, their free time and come to sessions, sometimes late at night, tired from work and taking care of the everyday things because they believe that love should be maintained. And I truly believe that there is a solution to everything. And therapists are educators and supporters. We're not magicians, but we truly do teach our clients new communication skills, new coping skills, instill hope in our clients, and help them to find the way out of the maze that seems to be unbeatable. Yeah, and that's so true. I think so many people give up so easily now, especially in romantic, intimate relationships. And it's so easy to feel like, oh, someone's replaceable at the swipe of my finger. But that's really not the case. That's why depression and anxiety and substance abuse and prescription medication rates have gone up so much is people aren't disposable and relationships aren't disposable and things take effort. So thank you for being a therapist that believes in that still and kind of encourages people to believe in that as well in their own lives. And thank you for inviting me yeah. to be a part of this podcast. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Yeah, of course. And I always ask my guests for three takeaway points on the spot. <laughs> so what are some three or what are three takeaway points for listeners kind of about what we talked about today? Number one, don't take it personally because it's not about you. It's about the person who is suffering from the narcissistic personality disorder. Number two, don't forget yourself. Self-care is paramount and you don't have to tolerate it all without help. And three, seek help. Help is out there. It's available. So don't feel that you are there alone. Stay strong and seek help both amongst friends and professionals and, and you will feel much better. Thank you so much, Ala. And can you let us know how people can reach you if, you know, they're wanting to work with you or have any questions or want to get some professional consultation maybe? What's the best way to contact you? The best way is to contact my business line. And I practice in Woodland Hills, which is a part of Los Angeles, California. So my professional line number is 818 216-5894, and you can research me on many different sites, 
including University of Southern California. Okay, great. And I will include that information in the bio uh, below the podcast episode. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Guiding Compass. I really appreciate all of your support, and I hope you guys are taking something away from all of my wonderful guests. As I usually say, remember to follow your compass and have a great day. Thank you.